Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me are my co-hosts, Ryan Whitfield and Joey Libro. First of all, welcome back, Joey. It's been a while now. and I think we're just chit-chatting a little bit. Uh, your uh, time on the field with real football duty lightened a little bit and uh, into the new year. So you got a little bit of free time to come back and join us, right? Uh, yes, sir. I'm glad to be back. Ready to talk some football. The first time in a long time we haven't talked about the Patriots in this time of year, so I'm sure Ryan's sad about that, but I'm very glad. <laughs> and I am. I'm positive of that, too. So, Ryan, I guess I should say welcome back to you as well, since your uh, pro football focus, fantasy pros, and life kind of took over for the last month or so. And also, for some reason, Blog Talk won't let you connect with your uh, with your mic, so I know you're on the phone right now. How you doing, Ryan? Yeah, it'd be better if, uh, you know, if this... Uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, online portal ever works, but it, it doesn't. No matter what browser, no matter what way I come at it, what computer I'm on, it just doesn't work. So, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's cut. You know what? You, you can't have it all, right? You just got to take what you can get. Uh, that's the way that the Blog Talk Radio motto here: take what you get. So, hey, listen, we got all this great stuff that we're going to talk about today. Um, obviously, there's lots of interesting things that we want to talk about, and I, what I have to say this, it's been such a long time since we had all both of you guys on here, because because uh, Joey, with all the football stuff he's got going on in, in classes and such, and Ryan with life and pro football focus and fantasy pros and all that other stuff, uh, this is awesome. I mean, I, I look back, and I, I think it's been like three months since all three of us have been on the line. I was actually forced to book guests every week this season which meant that all our listeners actually got some knowledgeable and interesting folks every week. Well, that's over now, everybody, because we're all back. We're like the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> we're back at full strength and uh, <laughs> for our second podcast of the new year. So anyway, we got plenty to talk about, including takeaways from the divisional war on playoff games, top storylines to watch for in the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games, a few predictions, and much, much more. So let's go ahead and get this rolling. All right, let's start with the divisional round playoff games, which had plenty of surprises. Well, one of them wasn't the 49ers actually beating the Vikings on Saturday uh, by a score of 27-10 to 10 on the back of, who would have guessed, Kevin Coleman, who had 105 yards on 22 carries and two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, no real surprise, unfortunately did not manage to stun the 49ers like he did the Saints in uh, New Orleans the previous week. So the 49ers will be moving on as uh, we kind of expected. And on the other side of that, they'll be facing the Packers, who managed to take care of business against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday by a score of 28 to 23. Now, Russell Wilson had a relatively good game, 23, 21, 20, uh, 31, 277 yards, 100 uh, touchdowns, and 64 yards. But Devontae Adams stole the show, eight receptions, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers did just enough to milk the clock away at the end and stop the Seahawks from a comeback. So we'll have those guys, and we'll talk about the NFC Conference Championship game in a minute. But let's talk to the, about the other side, the Titans and the Ravens. Of course, the big stunner of the weekend. Titans win 28-12 to on the back of Derrick Henry. Once again, King Henry, 30 carries, 195 yards, and oh, yeah, he threw for a touchdown. That's unbelievable. Lamar Jackson, great statistical day, but not enough to overcome the Titans in their running game. And, of course, the Ravens not doing it on defense either. And, of course, on the other side of that, the Texans, oh, no, wait, it was the Chiefs 
unbelievably, who came back from 24 down after the first quarter to put up um, 51 points and win that 51 to 31 on a vintage Patrick Mahomes performance and a vintage Travis Kelce performance and a vintage uh, Texans meltdown. So anyway, let's talk about the divisional round playoff games. Ryan, let's start with you. What's your takeaways or what are your takeaways from the divisional round playoff games? Yeah. So I want to start off by being clear uh, since I'm back on the show and missed uh, last week. You said that you've had some, you've had guests on, so you've had some really good knowledge lately. Uh, but considering Wally was on the air uh, with you last week, I just, those those two ideas seem to be juxtaposed. So I just I want right. that on record. I, uh, I love this that you take the shots Wally? at Wally while he's not on, and he takes shots at you, and you're not on. This is, we gotta get we gotta schedule this this heavyweight bout at some point in the near future. This is good stuff. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, with that said, I mean the AFC obviously was the more interesting side. Uh, this weekend, um, I'll start with the, with the Titans uh, game. So I saw one of the Boston uh, area Patriot beat reporters uh, tweet out something that I hadn't really put together yet, but when you think about it, it really makes sense. Um, as much as you can in 2019 or no 2020, uh, this mm-hmm. Titans has this Titans team has the feel of the 2001 Patriots. Uh, hmm. Quarterback switch from a guy who was once drafted to be the franchise guy. They play with right. an attitude. I mean, they take out the variable part of it and all the expatriates on there, but just the, the way they play, the Cinderella underdog story, and the way the franchise really turned around when they just swapped out quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been the best quarterback in football the second half of, of the season, and hmm. while he uh, he obviously has, I think, I believe he hasn't thrown for 100 yards in either game. Derrick Henry's been the star, but. Right. Uh, Tannehill's been extremely efficient and, and done everything they needed him to do. And, uh, you know, he's been he's, – he's, again, the, the, this is one of those ones where stats are deceiving. I think he's been one of the better quarterbacks um, in the playoffs and even elite down the stretch. Uh, I think he right. was the number one fantasy quarterback, and he was the, uh, one of the um, top three graded PFF quarterbacks. And um, he's top five in completion percentage when facing uh, pressure. Uh, down the stretch of the season. So there's really not a way you can beat him. And then when you add in Derrick Henry and what this defense is doing, who's now held, albeit a limited Patriots offense, to 13 points on the road um, and then held uh, the explosive Ravens offense to 14 points on the road. Uh, You can't overlook those things. So I think the Titans are are really exciting. And I tweeted this, and I believe you're one of the ones who uh, interacted with the other night that, you know, it's been so – oh, yeah, because you you, uh, cried about the Packers. Uh, But it has been a long (laughs) time, and and I know this sounds – uh, almost insincere as a Patriot fan who's benefited from the one and two seats dominating the last eight years in the NFL. But it really has been, um, you know, a long time since we've seen not even a wildcard team run, but, you know, a lower seed, you know, even looking at the three and four seeds. How many times do we have a one versus one or one versus two um, right. or two versus two in the Super Bowl? So uh, the Titans are giving us that spark, and that's really exciting. And I'm not honestly pulling for at this point. Um, so that, that, yep. that was a great storyline this weekend. Uh, on the other game on the AFC, uh, Billy O'Brien should not have a job. This was not a one-off. <laughs> this is a guy who has not been able to ever really get over the hump um, in the postseason. And every time uh, he's managed to sneak away with a victory, he then gets thumped the next week. Uh, I think that was his second win. I mean, it's you know, if, if your bar – like, you know, the level that you're, you're looking to be better than is Marvin Lewis, then sure, mm-hmm. I guess keep him. Uh, but outside of that, it's pretty disappointing. And, um, you know, he really needed to make up his mind on Sunday. You know, I don't think I'm breaking any ground here with the, with the controversial calls, right? The up 21 nothing, 
Uh, yeah. Kansas City hasn't stopped you yet. You have a chance to go for the jugular and kick the field goal. Then mm-hmm. you come back on the next one after giving up the quick touchdown, which Kansas City can score quickly, so that's fine. And then you, but, but you come out and run a panic move. And I think yeah. what happened at that point was that the that the players said the same thing we did, like, well, that was inverse of when you should have gone for it, and you showed panic, and so I think that set into the team of, oh shit, they're gonna come back. Now we need to now we need to you know gear it up, um, and they couldn't get it done. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, and I we don't need to get into the the controversy over Scott Zolak, but I saw you tweeting about it. Yes, he was too mm-hmm. far, but Travis Kelsey is still I. I you said vintage Travis Kelsey on, on, on this weekend. You know what? If they put Lonnie Johnson on me all day, I'd eat too. So I'm not giving <laughs> Travis Kelsey credit because he's never looked like that in the postseason. And, you know, halfway through the third quarter, I remember texting a couple of my friends saying, are they, are they going to take Lonnie Johnson off of Travis Kelsey at some point, or are they just going to let him keep abusing him? Because it, it, was not, it was not a good matchup, and I know that they were hurt, but at some point, um, or that injury in that secondary, but at some point, you've got to yeah, put somebody else on to Travis Kelsey because yeah. it wasn't yeah. working. Um, right. You know, I haven't seen an egregious matchup move since the Patriots refused to put in Malcolm Butler in the second half of the Super Bowl two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they should have double, and, and they tried to double him a couple times, but they really should have consistently doubled him. There was no reason not to. He was obviously feasting on them and over the middle there. Uh, and of course, Molly with, uh, with your one on one with Travis Kelsey, not a not a not a net benefit in the, in the Texans. No, <laughs> no, right. And and as you were and what Ryan was referring to earlier was I was tweeting out that uh, we're talking about six seeds getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. The last one to do that were the Packers in 2010, obviously a team that everyone knows I hate and uh, and I try to be unbiased about, but it's, that was a tough one for me because I thought the Bears were going to make it. The, the Packers got up there, and I actually took all the money I saved to go to the Super Bowl and went to Las Vegas and bet it all on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's why I'm still living where I am right now because that did not work <laughs> out for me at all. At all. All right, so let's uh, move it over to the other side here. Hey, uh, Joey, tell us, what are your takeaways from the divisional round playoff game? Uh, I want to start with the uh, <clears throat> Ravens-Titans game. Um, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter uh, talking about how Lamar Jackson was overhyped coming to the game, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you got you to gotta think, though, he's still only 23 years old, and he's a front runner for the MVP. He's the same age as Joe Burrow, who we saw last night, lighted up against Clemson and win the national championship. But if Burrow came in and is doing what Lamar Jackson is doing right now, you wouldn't hear a peep mm-hmm. out of the, of the same people doubting Lamar. I mean, give the kid a break. And he didn't he didn't show up uh, in the same way he has all season. Uh, granted, the Titans are a really good team. Uh, they're hot. Um, that comes to my second point. I've also seen some of those same people say that game is a testament to uh, old school football and it's an F you to the analytics crowd on Twitter. I don't know uh, if you follow any of those guys, but um, mm-hmm. I disagree. Um, I think the Titans are very similar um, to the bears team from, I believe it was 2018 that had a really good defense and their offense was pretty shaky. And then the Jags team the year before that, uh, same, hmm. same kind of story. Um, very limited quarterback play, just smash mouth type of football. Um, I don't, I don't think it's giving us any indication of where the NFL is headed into the future. I just think it's um, important to note that the coaching staff for the Titans has done a really good job of developing these players, and John Robinson, the GM of the Titans, has done a great job of identifying players that are hard hitting fast they work hard uh, you could just see it like 
the Ravens didn't have a chance in that game. They were just getting bullied all game. Um, mm-hmm. To the NFC side, um, my only really takeaway is that I feel bad for Russell Wilson. That South <laughs> offense is like atrocious, and he's the only right. thing that's really going for them outside of, I guess, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett from time to time. Um, right. But I think if you put a good office coordinator, because I don't think Brian Schottenheimer is that, um, on that Seattle team, I think they could have gone a lot further than just the division around this year. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on the division around. Yeah, and, you know, and I have to say this about the Seahawks. I think they definitely overperformed for what they had. I totally agree with that. I did mention this to a friend of mine who was an Eagles fan, though. You know that, you know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was actually drafted by the Eagles six spots ahead of D.K. Metcalf. Now, I'm not saying D.K. Metcalf is the second coming, but I'm saying J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is not. So, uh, you know, I think that was a good get for the Seahawks, definitely something they can build on. And not having Chris Carson definitely hurts them. Not having basically anybody in their backfield hurts them. Marshawn Lynch, it's a great story, but and he's a great sport. I mean, after the game, he did walk in, did a, a jersey trade with uh, Aaron Rodgers, congratulated all the Packers uh, for their win that night. Uh, you know, a class guy, but, you know, he's, he's really not – he did not do much on the field. I mean, less than 20 yards. Uh, I mean, he's great for that one-yard plunge, but, you know, that's – there's no reason for him to be here for that. So I, I think they need a lot of reworking. I will say this about the 49ers because we haven't really touched on that game that much because it was kind of a foregone conclusion pretty quickly. But the 49ers defense actually held the Vikings to less than 60 rushing yards and had over six sacks. And the last defense to do that in a uh, playoff game was the 85 Bears. So I'm just saying that the 49ers defense at full strength is pretty uh, daunting. And I think it'll be a real tough test. For the Packers next week, although I did think that was a little more vintage Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't quite what he was before, but he, he looked good. He was actually hitting the throws that he needed to make. Uh, Devontae Adams looked really, really, really good, um, and he was man- managed to move it around. The problem is there is nobody else outside of uh, Devontae Adams. You know, a couple Jimmy Graham grabs. Um, you know, there was Alan, Alan Lazar was nobody. Uh, <laughs> there was nobody else there. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones basically is all, it's gonna, all they're going to do on the ground there. So anyway, let's uh, let's move it on here because I want to talk about the conference championship games now. And I want to talk about what you guys think are the top storylines to watch for in each of these games. Let's start on the AFC side first. I think it's a very interesting matchup. We have the Titans. We have the Chiefs. It's 3.05 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday on CBS. It's uh, Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 7.5. The over-under is sitting at 52. Um, it's going to be really, really uh, a matchup of very different offenses and very different defenses. So, Ryan, let me start with you. What's your top storyline to watch for the AFC Conference Championship game? Yeah, my my, my top story to watch is can the Chiefs handle a close game? Um, this Chiefs team is starting to remind me of the Yankees, uh, of, of, mm. uh, of baseball over the last couple of years, of a okay. super talented roster that keeps winning and winning and winning, but then when they get to the big moments, just come up short, even though the talent isn't short. Um, mm-hmm. This is a, a long-standing thing with me and Andy Reid. Historically, is a guy who can't um, finish the job at, at some right. level. The, or at, at, yeah, some level the wheels come off for them, uh, for his teams. Uh, and even last year, you look at the AFC Championship, um, and you know, again, I think against a better, uh, a better opponent that that start last week um, blows up in their face for them. And uh, so while it's great what they did, um, you know, the Chiefs are a team that I, I have serious question marks about 
in a close game. You know, they show that they can come back, and I think that maybe uh, some people are treating that now like the Chiefs and Andy Reid got like a monkey up their back and that they've kind of unleashed themselves, whereas I look at it and say, yeah, it's pretty easy to get on a roll against the Texans. Again, the Titans defense is playing great football right now. Their offense has been really good. They can, you know, no one can stop Derrick Henry right now. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what Chris Jones' status is after missing last week. But, um, you know, if we get to a, a situation, you know, where it's a one-score game late in that game, because, um, you know, I'll tell you that, the, you know, I made this comparison with the Ravens last week, and I, and I do have questions about this Chiefs team. Um, and, and, you know, albeit I, I like more buttoned-up organizations that run things mm-hmm. different. I can't stand the, the peace sign as um, going into the end zone like Tyreek Hill does. Like that whole showboaty front-running, dancing on the sideline thing, uh, Typically, I, I think it shows a team that um, has a lot of fun when they're up against 2015 Carolina Panthers, but when you get punched in the mouth, what can you do? Um, and so I actually like the Titans a lot in this game. I think it's going to be a close game, um, and, I, and, I, and I foresee a situation where the ball is in Kansas City's hands late and they don't get the job done. Interesting. Okay, well, obviously, Titans, a very interesting matchup for the Chiefs because it'll be a very different matchup for them. The Chiefs' defense only – Fourth, they were actually the fourth worst against defending the run per DVOA. And, of course, we know what Derrick Henry can do, running up over 200 scrimmage yards in back-to-back weeks. And like I said, even passing for a touchdown, the guy runs, he catches, he passes. What, can he, what can't he do? All right, let's, uh, let's turn to you here, Joey. What's, what's your storyline that you're looking at for the AFC Conference Championship game? Um, before I get to my storyline, I just want to respond to the, uh, Ryan. Um, he mentioned how you wanted to see the Chiefs um, respond when they get punched in the mouth. Um, honestly, I think they did that last week. They were down 24 nothing to Houston in the second quarter, and they ended up putting 51 on them and beating them by 20. Yeah, I, um, that's I, great. I think I that's a great getting punched in the mouth by getting punched in the mouth by uh, a second grader is a little different than getting punched in the mouth by another adult. <laughs> Second grader. Whoa, the Houston Texans are second graders now. Okay. Wow. Okay. This is uh, all right. Uh, that's a lot of praise for the Titans too. Um, anyway, uh, my takeaway for this game is uh, basically, can Andy Reid um, get back to the Super Bowl? I mean, he's the most winning coach um, without a Super Bowl. Um, I'd really like to see that. Um, as much as I'd want to see Ryan Tannehill uh, mm-hmm. back in Dolphin Stadium in the Super Bowl for the Titans, what a great story that would be. Patrick Mahomes, I think Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl with an Andy Reid having a chance to finally get it done would be uh, an incredible story and a lot more fun um, come February. It'd probably be a more fun game. Uh, but th- that being said, I think that there are a lot of things on both sides there. And, and clearly Titans being a huge underdog probably will have a lot of support out there. Um, it will be a fun game. I think this is a good, this is a pretty, I mean, it's, they're a six seed, but this is a very challenging matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think much more of a challenging matchup, and I agree with Ryan here, than the Houston Texans. I don't think they're second graders, but they may not be full-grown adults. So we'll see about that. Let's go ahead and flip to the other side now. Let's talk about the NFC Conference Championship game. And, uh, Joey, let me start with you this time. We've got the Packers and the 49ers at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Uh, right now, the San Francisco 49ers are favored by 7.5, over-under sitting at 45. Uh, of course, all the playmakers – on the offensive side are from the Packers for the most part. you got Aaron Rodgers uh, having a pretty good year and Aaron, and Aaron Jones having a breakout year. Uh, but those 49ers, that defense is pretty strong. And, of course, Garoppolo has done a, all he needed to do in order to get the win. So what are your thoughts here, Joey? What's your stop storyline for the NFC Conference Championship game? 
Yeah, my uh, top storyline kind of brings everything full circle. Um, don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but I'm judging Rodgers for the same thing I defended Lamar Jackson for. Um, I mean, it's been almost a decade since Aaron Rodgers, who's supposedly the top quarterback of our generation or this generation, blah, 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 um, since he's been to the Super Bowl in, in almost 10 years now. Um, so my question is, can he put the team on his back and get it done on Saturday or Sunday, whatever they play? Um, because, like you mentioned before, the 49ers did a great job shutting down the run against the Vikings. So uh, we'll see how much Aaron Jones can get going. Um, but if he can't, then it's going to be all on Rodgers in that offense. Um, and it's going to be one of those games that leaves a memory in people's mind when they think of Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a good memory. It's going to be a bad memory. Um, but I guess we'll see this weekend. Yeah, no, it'd be it'd be a lot of interesting storylines here. Let's go flip it to the other side here. And uh, Ryan, what are you looking for? What's your big top storyline for the NFC Conference Championship? So I'm going to make you real happy here for a second. Okay. Because there's nothing bad about the Packers. Packers. Okay. Um, and I love Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Jones. Um, but you know. I've said for years, is my, my opinion on Aaron Rodgers, um, for a guy who's as talented as he is, for a guy who carries himself in the manner that he carries himself, um, you know, the, the we talked about it earlier this year when he came out after the week one and was, we got a defense, we got a defense. Like, you know, it's, it's just a guy who wants a lot of help and has a lot of excuses. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned earlier uh, in, in last week that you said, I think the terminology you used was that Russell Wilson played a pretty good game. Russell Wilson almost, almost single-handedly willed the Seattle Seahawks to, to a victory. And I've yet right. to see that performance from, uh, from Aaron Rodgers on any, what, on, on any kind of consistent basis like you see it out of a guy like Russell Wilson. So right. um, I, I, I just don't think that, that Aaron Rodgers belongs in the, in the conversation uh, with a lot of the true winners in the league, um, if if he does it this weekend and then you know has an you know has an impressive two game run here to lead him to a Super Bowl, fine. All that said, outside of that, I think oh it's pretty close to Travis Kelsey and then both tight ends are just fun. Um, <laughs> I think the the biggest loser and, and, and softest player in the NFL might be Jimmy Graham, and watching him who has been irrelevant for the wow. last three years flexing. And 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 the this the, the the body mannerisms this weekend of every time he caught a ball as if it was some revenge game like what, you don't need to get any revenge against Seattle you sucked the entire time you were there that was right. their punishment so you don't need to get revenge <laughs> on him now Jimmy you suck you revenge he's always keeping you on the team <laughs> Jim, I, 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 the day I realized Jimmy Graham was not an elite tight end was the, was you know back in I think 2013 or 2012 when the Pats played him. And Akib Tlaib just basically snatched his chain in one-on-one coverage, um, despite being a smaller guy than him. Um, so Jimmy Graham, uh, I, you know, I don't want to see him uh, win a Super Bowl here. So I'm really hardly rooting against them, uh, or very hard rooting against them. Also, as we've talked about for years and years on this, I, I love the Legion of Boom. Uh, it's obviously a big Richard Sherman fan. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that I think the 49ers, when they're, you mentioned earlier, their defense, when it's at full tilt, can't be stopped. They have one of the most creative run games in football. And I think the most important thing we saw last weekend, maybe across all matchups, was that unlike that, that boob in Kansas City, Andy Reid, who continues to never <laughs> learn from his mistakes, uh, right. especially when it comes to time management, go back and watch what the 49ers are doing in the third quarter of that game on Sunday against the Vikings. They were running the clock. I think there was four minutes left in the third mm-hmm. quarter when they started running the play clock down to one second before snapping the ball. Because Kyle yeah. Shanahan – 
looked at that Super Bowl from three years ago and said never again. Um, and that's something that a lot of coaches in this league don't learn, don't don't do, and don't evolve. Um, so I think that they got it. I think their offense. Uh, you know, I, I was worried about how Jimmy Garoppolo, as much of a fan of him as I am, I was worried about how they look in the playoffs. I was super impressed with that first drive. Um, I think yeah. he threw for less than 200 yards. Uh, on Sunday uh, or Saturday, I don't remember which game it was, but whatever day, <laughs> you know, threw for less than 200 yards. But again, it was it was much like Tannehill, where it was super efficient. They didn't ask a lot of him, and all all he had to do was play well or play. You know, I hate the term game manager, but you know, take control of the game, make the right. plays when you need to. Don't turn the ball over. Um, obviously, he had the I believe he had the one turnover in the yeah, game. But you know, get my point overall. A pretty clean game from Jimmy Garoppolo from a guy who I thought might come out and really just crap the bed. Uh, a la Jared Goff in his first uh, postseason game, but we we saw the opposite. Yeah, no, I thought it was uh, impressive. I thought it was impressive. I think I agree with you. The stats don't tell the tale. He actually was an incredibly efficient, um, and and I I also hate the term game manager, but he was an extremely efficient quarterback that helmed that team. They they played to their strengths. They knew what they could exploit, uh, and they were able, the defense was able to shut down Delvin Cook, and that made Kirk Cousins basically go into a shell, but for one big reception early on. And that basically shut it down. And they didn't have to run away with the game. Not, not to, I mean, they didn't have to run away in the scoreboard, at least. They ran away on the ground. I mean, they had Tevin Coleman over 100 yards, which is just, you know, it's surprising. But they can play to their strengths. And they have Coleman, and they got Mostert, and they got Brita to do cleanup duty. I mean, that's a pretty good backfield right there that stays pretty fresh. And they took control, and they knew how to really run that game and time manage their way. And it wasn't – it was interesting because I, I, my impression was that after the first quarter and a half, the Vikings were done. The 49ers were just going to manage the rest of the game away, and that was the end of it. And, but the score didn't look that way. It was actually very, very close. Just the feel of the game was that they basically took, put it away. So I, I credit all the credit in the world to San Francisco and Shanahan for, for doing what they did there, both on defense and on offense, and Jimmy G for running that offense. And I will also say this. You know, the San Francisco uh, defense is for real, and, and Richard Sherman actually is a master of the narrative. He actually, after the game, said, well, and everyone's always doubting you. You have to show them that you can do it. I, I don't know who's doubting them at this point. I, I don't know who that is, honestly, but I love it. I love the way he's kind of flipping the narrative there. Uh, that's what you got to do in order to keep everybody motivated. And, of course, you know, the, I think the biggest weapon that the Packers have is Aaron Jones. I, re, I mean, Devontae Adams for sure. But I don't. I agree. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers anymore. But Aaron Jones has been very dynamic. 1,084 yards so far this season. 16 touchdowns. I mean, the guy is when he's healthy, he's pretty much unstoppable. But he's going to have a tall order getting uh, getting some room against the San Francisco de- defense, second overall DVOA. And of course, you flip it to the other side, the Green Bay defense, 23rd ranked against the rush. Man, when you have uh, when you have that run game and that offensive line out there, particularly when Michael Lynch is healthy, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for the Packers to come away with a win here. I think it will be a good contest. All right, guys, let's get to the brass tacks here. Let's go ahead and make some predictions. All right, Joey, give me your prediction for the AFC Conference Championship game, the NFC Conference Championship game, and then who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. All right, in honor of the NFL's 100th season, we're going to throw back to a Super Bowl One rematch between the Packers and the Chiefs. I'll even give you a little wow. bit of scenarios for, for this oh, weekend. Wow. Uh, the Packers are going to be down 21-17 with a minute and a half to go, and Aaron Rodgers is going to lead him down the field and score a touchdown. Oh, my then, God. That's like my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, got, I've got the Chiefs of 27-20, same scenario, a minute and a half. 
But Tyron Matthew will pick off Ryan Tannehill in the final seconds. Steals uh, Super Bowl appearance of the Chiefs, and I like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Chiefs in the Super Bowl. All right, over the Packers. All right, so what do you got here, Ryan? What do you got for predictions for us? AFC, NFC Conference Championship, and the Super Bowl. Well, as Joey said, it is the 100th season of the NFL. It is a star-driven league. It is a quarterback-driven league. Uh, around this time um, of year, a lot of people say new, new year, new me. Um, but it's uh, Joey, same Joey, same dumb predictions. Uh, the quarterback <laughs> we all thought we would get and deserve, it will be Ryan Tannehill versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, in wow. the star-driven quarterback yeah. league, that is who will be facing off in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, this weekend, the Packers are going to struggle to score any points. Uh, I think San Francisco wins that one going away. As I alluded to earlier, there will be some kind of gaff uh, in, in clock management that will force the Chiefs to be pressing, uh, pressing late uh, with time running down. And finally, because I'm so sick of it being celebrated, Patrick Mahomes will no-look pass, which he'll realize as he sails this ball right into Logan Ryan's hands that there's a oh, reason man. that quarterbacks usually try to look where they're throwing the ball and that that okay. little showboaty backyard football thing is cute and fun until you lose the NFC or the AFC championship for two years in a row. And then in the uh-huh. Super Bowl, as much as the Titans run has been fun, I just don't see anybody putting up points on the San Francisco defense. They have the team that could shut down and stack uh, Derrick Henry at the line and force Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill to beat him. And for all of the allotting uh, I did over uh, Ryan Tannehill today, I just don't see him throwing for 300 yards in a Super Bowl <laughs> to win. So I have San Francisco taking home the whole thing. All right. Well, that is some good. That is some good predictions there. I love it. I actually think it's going to be Chiefs and 49ers. So I'll take a, two, a different pair there, but I think the 49ers will come away with it. I think they're the complete team. And that's all the time we have today. So let's get the air point on the show. Wow, that went fast. I can't believe it. Ryan, anything you want to promo that you're working on uh, right now? Oh, God, no. Uh, Other than the fact I, that you're getting back uh, from life <laughs> to football. Yeah. No, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not even the sports stuff right now. I do freelancing writing on Fiverr. Um, and so outside of my full-time job, I have been just uh, full uh, to the wall with that. And I have an eight-and-a-half-year-old who is playing basketball, lacrosse, and indoor football. Uh, nice. All up right now. So. Uh, so that's yeah, your life. You just life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there awesome. is nothing in the works, but feel free to follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield. Any, I'll angrily tweet during the the conference championships and the Super Bowl, um, and hopefully life clears up a little bit uh, come draft season, so I can yeah, start Ryan actually is putting out Ryan unfollow. You definitely want to do that. I I've had I've had to kind of restrain myself because I don't want to actually tweet something that'll be out there forever after uh, Ryan tweets something out. But you guys all should because I think it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to do. All right. <laughs> How about your uh, social media so people can follow you? Uh, you can follow me on all platforms at Joey Libro. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, once again, for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week and the conference championship games. And we'll be back to break down the Super Bowl once those teams are actually picked. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you real soon. Go get some food, Ryan. <laughs> That's right. Go get some food, man. What the heck? Ha, ha, ha.